When it comes to the plant-based eating debate, there's more to consider than just healthy or unhealthy. Of course, we want to eat things that make us feel good and generate energy to keep us going, but there's also a major environmental component that drives a lot of people to a plant-focused diet. But you don't have to give up some of your faves entirely. Impossible Foods makes meat from plants. They're solving the meat problem with more meat. By creating delicious meat from plants that's better for you and the planet, Impossible lets you enjoy some of your favorite meaty products with a plant-based twist. Ground beef, homestyle meatballs, sausage patties, all made from plants. And that's just a few of their delicious and versatile options. No more tension between craving meat but not wanting to eat so much of it or sacrificing your carnivorous faves for your health. Indulge in nutrient-packed, plant-based goodness and feel good doing it. Check out impossiblefoods.com to see how you can help solve the meat problem with more meat. That's I-M-P-O-S-S-I-B-L-E-F-O-O-D-S.com. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. What I love about Shopify is basically how no matter how big you want to grow, Shopify gives you everything you need to take control and take your business to the next level. I know we use Shopify here at Betches, and honestly, anyone with any kind of business could really benefit from Shopify. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere from their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout, 15% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklyn, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash betches, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash betches now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash betches. So Bad It's Good with Ryan Bailey, the podcast where we cover all the pop culture we love to hate, from the classic reality TV moments of the past and present to the latest Daily Mail headlines and everything in between. We'll dive into all the infamous and notorious messes you can't stop watching. I'm looking at you, Jax Taylor. I'm your host, Ryan Bailey. Ain't out of chain to strain your eye. Twin platinum 
gun, son, aim for the sky. Ice on my bullet, you die soon as I pull it. Willies wanna rub shoulders, your money's too young. See me when it gets older, your bank account grow up. Mine's is one zero 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 old up. Damn near out the rear trunk when I roll up. Motor till I close up, it's all basic. I've been spending hundreds since they had small faces. Rob your stash out, doubled out down in Vegas. Me and JD got it locked crazy. Where you at, haters? Jaguar switching four lanes, I'm on top down, screaming out money in the bank. Bubble hard in the double R, flash the rings with the window crack, holla back, money ain't a thing. Nigga, I don't like it if it don't clean, clean in the hell with the price, but the money ain't a thing. Put it down hard for my dogs that's locked in the ring. When you hit the bricks, new whip, money ain't a thing. Yeah, I want the floss with us. Come on, all across the board, we burn it up. Yeah. Drop a little paper, baby, toss it up. Slacking yeah. on your pimping, uh. turn it up. See the money yeah. in the bank. Cake thick, I live the life. Eating crab, watching bitches shake shit all night. I make the big moves, do the big things. Take small groups, turn them into big names. The big dog with the big change. Frost bit braces, the match can't say I'm the shit, man. The type of nigga that you need, crew. The type of dude that do shit you won't do. Can't do, get more burned than the candle. Got the hold too much to handle In the black sea low He know if she look, she go Bye-bye with Dada And I ain't gotta say no more I'm the truth like AI Got the proof and stay fly In the safest shit you can never buy Know why? Cause I write the songs That the whole world sing I don't know about y'all But every night I swing The Ferrari or Jaguar Switching four lanes the top down Screaming out money ain't a thing Bubble hard in the double law Flash the rings With the window crack Holla back Money ain't a thing Nigga, I don't like it If it don't gleam, gleam In the hell with Locked in the bang When you hit the bricks New whip Money ain't a thing Yeah, I want the floss with us uh-huh. All across the board We burn it up uh-huh. Drop a little paper Baby, toss it up Slack yeah. it on your pivot uh-huh. Turn it up See the money in the bang ain't for real Till y'all ship a meal When y'all hit an R&B chick And she fit the bill Said she love my necklace Started relaxing Now that's what the fuck I call a chain reaction Now that's what the fuck I call a chain reaction Now that's what the fuck I call a chain reaction Now that's what the fuck I call a chain reaction Now that's what the fuck I call a chain reaction Look, I'm wholesome The jigger you wholesome Baby, I don't play All my jury is like gray Platinum, spend your whole life in a day What's platinum? Spend your whole life in a day Ferrari and Jaguar Switching four lanes Top down, screaming out Money in the bank Bubble hard in the double law Flashing the rings With the window Holla back, money ain't the thing Nigga, I don't like it if it don't gleam Gleam in the hell with the price But the money ain't the thing Put it down hard for my dogs that's locked in the bang When you hit the bricks, new whip, money ain't the thing Yeah, I want the floss with us All across the board, we burn it up Drop a little paper, baby, toss it up Slacking on your pimping, turn it up See the money ain't the thing So, so dead See the money ain't the thing So, so dead See the money ain't the thing So, so dead See the money ain't the thing Dang, dang that what really matters is what you like not what you are like books records films these things matter thanks for coming out tonight you could have been anywhere in the world but you're here with me i appreciate that s to the so bad <laughs> what's up folks it's Ryan. This is your Wednesday episode of So Bad It's Good. Uh, wow, we, we're, we're doing it all over again, as I always say every day. I mean, this is just truly insane. It just never ends. I hope you guys don't feel 
that while listening, you're like, God, it just never ends. Today, we have an amazing show. We get to have the second time with us, uh, Aliza Rosen, who is a producer of tons of podcasts, used to be a producer, well, still is a producer on TV shows as well, uh, but just an amazing, amazing woman that loves all the shows that we love. Don't worry, we dive into Beverly Hills and all that stuff, but we get to focus uh, also on a podcast that is uh, bingeable, that is out right now called Queen of the Con 2. She was on for Queen of the Con last year, and they they did a sequel with a, about a new lady, but this stuff is awesome. She explains all about it, and I am just, I love people that come on and explain not even explain, but show why podcasting is so relevant right now. The amount of storytelling you can tell, the amount of uh, voices that it highlights. I always say I think podcasting is a uh, a female medium. You know, I re- I really do. I think a lot of the best podcast comes from female voices. Rather, you know, if it's in conception or the actual uh, you know recording of the show, my favorites always seem to be women, which is. Kind of probably why I like housewives. Uh, who knows? You're not my therapist. We don't need to get into this right now. Real quick, uh, go over to the YouTube. The Southern Charm recap is over there. And also Kaylin Partlow from uh, Love on the Spectrum. Her interview is over there on the YouTube. Appreciate your support. Also, uh, baddies, my Patreon members, we got a bunch of new signups. We are going to be doing a live tonight. I gave the wrong time yesterday. It's 7 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. 10 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. So, yeah, so that's, I, I totally, Maritza just let me know that I mucked that up. So, sorry, I hope that didn't affect anybody. But I'll see you guys tomorrow at 7. If you're a Patreon member, we'll give you a link like five minutes before we go live uh, over on YouTube. So it'll be a private feed for the Patreon members. And we'll talk Ultimate Girls Trip. We'll talk whatever you want to talk your cool little heads about, you know, uh, how was your day? Was it all right, man? It, it, uh, it's just, it's like a up and it's like a roller coaster. This, this life, isn't it? Uh, we've got a lot of news, not a lot. We're getting a little news to cover before we get to Aliza. Cause I can't wait for you to hear this interview. I love recording it. And, uh, Aliza, I will say like, I, I, I hope I will, I, I hope to work with Aliza one day. I think she's just, I mean, just fantastic. Really, really, uh, I geek out on so many people I talk to and it's uh, so blessed in that way. Um, blessed to have you guys even here. And that's what I, I try to instill that I'm so appreciative because I know you have so many choices. Um, let's get to the news that just rips my heart apart. Summer House has a huge shakeup, you guys. I was awoken with the news that Summer House is not extending the contracts of Luke Gulbrandson. Andrea, Andrea Denver, I will never be able to do Andrea's voice again on the podcast. My loneliness is killing me. Oh, okay, little page, little page. Andrea's out. Alex, turkey meat is out. Protein guy, he's out. There's a rumor Sierra is only a friend of. I do not know that for sure. But what the hell, folks? Listen. I talked to Luke tonight. Uh, he did a live and he, he, you know, he made the announcement that he wasn't coming back. And then I DM'd a little bit with him. And uh, 
He's just a good dude. And like, listen, he didn't do a lot in this past season, but I thought he was instilled because he has a natural relationship with Carl, Lindsay, Kyle, Amanda, and these things feed off natural relationships. So I'm so curious about the casting for this shit. And if you're not going to take, you're not going to take Andrea? Andrea was crying every two. Andrea left it all on the dance floor, folks. It upsets me to no end. That dude is so special. Uh, So he joined Luke's Live and I thought he was saying he wasn't coming back as well. And I said that in my story. And then Andrea DM'd me and said, no, 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 no. I did not say it. I don't know what to say anymore. You know, I don't know. I was like, hey, man, I'll take it down if you want. But he's like, no, I just don't. I don't know. You know, so also they're starting filming Summer House this week. And Andrea, even in the live, said he's in South America right now. He's not coming back to the States until like September. So even just date wise, that didn't work out. But it crushes me. I thought there was so much play with Andrea in my head. They didn't extend these guys' contracts, but who knows? Maybe Andrea is in love with that one girl still, and he's like, no, she refuses to come into this summer house with old Andrea. You know, no, no, I don't need that. You know, listen, at the same, like Andrea and Luke are very extremely good-looking guys, so I think they're going to land on their feet. Just because I've been watching that Love Island I was telling you about yesterday, and, you know, Love Island, it's just... <laughs> everybody, anybody that's good-looking, they consider that, like, the number one character trait. He's like, he's really fit. He's fit. What What do you like about your men? I like them to be fit. Uh, what about good personality? Yeah, fit, yeah. No, no, good personality. Yeah, I said fit, fit. Like, I don't think... I don't think good-looking people and people that are after good-looking people don't realize that personality is a factor. Like, And listen, I'm full of personality. That's why I'm so livid when I hear that personality is off the menu on these shows. But I got to tell you, I thought Andre had tons of personality, and I thought Luke was uh, was a gentle soul. He still is a gentle soul. And I swear to God, if I hear fucking Hannah Burner say one damn thing— I will rage against the machine. I'm telling you right now, I will rage against the machine, folks. Are you guys awake yet? Are you uh, you up? Uh, I don't feel that great, so I'm going to try to go as quickly as I can. And and hopefully this is, you can understand this uh, before we get to our guest. Uh, so that we'll get more news on that as, as soon as I find out more. Now, I know Kyle and Amanda were having some real, uh, big issues trying to get back in the States cause they were over in Italy, I think for, for a wedding. And I know they were having some trouble getting back. Oh, also I'm hearing Danielle, I think is, is back, which is good, but okay, let's take that down the road a little bit. Like, so what do we have? We got Carl and Lindsay who I love, but what I mean what like what's the drama going to be I don't want to see Carl and Lindsay fight because that could risk Carl's sobriety and Carl's so smart that I don't think he would put his sobriety at risk but that would be that's the shit we watch on reality shows where we'd be like oh shit Lindsay's going off I don't know if I want to see him I don't know if I want to see their relationship in that way if it's bad in any sort of way do you guys know what I mean and we'll see the first year of marriage with Kyle and Amanda, and we'll see how that goes. And Paige, what does that mean? Do we get Craig? We get a full season. Is Craig a full time? I swear to God, you guys, if fucking Austin is on more episodes next season than Andrea or Luke, I will also rage against the machine. I will protest as I have the right to do. Uh, I will do all the change.org petitions I need to, but that is ridiculous, ridiculous. 
You guys see what I like. Listen, I got Southern charm. I've got enough Paige and Craig to hold me over into the next decade. You know, like I great. They're great. I even said, I even gave Paige a compliment yesterday. I said, I think she can be very witty. I think, listen, I just don't need 24 seven Paige DeSorbo and 24 seven Craig Conover. Does not mean I don't appreciate them. Doesn't mean I don't think like, listen, all they're all good looking people. And Paige is very funny, but I, you know what I'm saying? Sometimes I need a sensitive soul on these shows. Some and Alex, listen, yeah, didn't have a stellar first season, but you got to let people grow into these things. You can't just have the oh, they exploded on the screen. Like, no, you got to let them grow into it. I think Alex would have grown into a diamond. I, I mean, true. I truly do think there was something there. I know that's, I just believe in miracles. Also, Maya seems to be not a part of this conversation, so I'm assuming she's fully back, which is great. Um, so that's the news on Summer House, and I'm I'm not thrilled. Uh, I'm just, I'm, I'm still working through it, as I'm sure a lot of us are out there. <laughs> uh, what else do we got for you guys? Oh, this is... This is weird. Uh, so I talk about Welcome to Plathville, which is a show on TLC in its fourth season. I mention this, I think, once or twice every week, just that I watch it. I don't really recap it, but it's about a family that was raised uh, away from technology, religious, all of this stuff. And through these last four seasons, we've seen this family completely fall apart. The wheels are completely off in this season. And today, we get the announcement, which if you know, if you watch this show, you realize how fucking insane it is, is that the parents and welcome to Plathville, they uh, they have filed for uh, for a divorce. They end their 24-year marriage, Kim and Barry Plath, welcome to Plathville. So all I got to say is, Kim, what's up? What's up, Kim? No, I just, I don't know. Kim, I got to tell you, Kim, I think, is dealing with a lot of stuff from a lot of repressed feelings. And, and it, 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 but like, this is the thing about reality shows that are wild. These things, everybody thinks it's going to be fun to be on reality show. Let's get a little tension. It tears families apart. I say it all the time. And Barry, I do not want to see Barry date again. Barry always seems like he's hiding a deep, dark secret, too. So Kim's only 49 and Barry's 54. Oh my God, they look like they're in their 60s. No offense. I love the show. Uh, the quote is, after considerable thought and discussion, we have decided to end our marriage. While this was not an easy decision, we know it's the best choice for both of us. We have been through many highs and lows in our 24 years of marriage. And as we navigate this new chapter in our lives, we will co-parent our amazing children. Uh, in the meantime, see me, Kim, at Playmates, I will be doing live stripping for no. <laughs> um, I, I gotta say, this is reminiscent for me. If you guys are old enough to remember, it is what I call the great split of the uh, the aughts, the John and Kate, Kate plus eight split. You had John Gosselin and Kate Gosselin. Um, I don't know if you ever watched that show on TLC, but you have to know that they had eight kids and it. I used to watch that show and it was just like, it looked like they were in hell and it looked like John was in a special kind of hell because he obviously did not love, I mean, it was just, it was just doomed. And I remember they splitting up and I was like, Oh my God, I bought your book multiple blessings and now it's going to be worth nothing because you have split up and shown me that marriage is not said, by the way, that's why I got my divorce. I was like, if John and Kate can do it and then I can, no, that's not even a funny joke. Um, 
But I remember that, and I was just like, holy crap, anything. And remember, that if somebody's got to do an uh, HBO show about that period of the time, because all of a sudden, John Gosselin was dating Lindsay Lohan's dad's ex. Her name was Kate something, and she worked for, like, one of the uh, the rags, one of the gossip rags. And then all of a sudden, you one day, John Gosselin, like, wound up on... Who's the dude that did all the, the design? Ed Hardy, the guy, Christian Ajayjay, Christian Ajayjay. You know what I'm saying. But all of a sudden, John Goslin was there, and you, he was just like, I was just, I remember looking at pictures thinking, oh my God, this smells like Red Bull vodka. Just this picture smells like Red Bull vodka. And he was wearing the like the jeans with the, uh, the Ed Hardy shirt. And I'm like, this is so dark. Oh my God, life is so dark. Sorry, Crustal Sutton, Crustal. Minkoff. I'm, I, I don't mean dark. I mean dark. You know, I say dark all the time. Um, so that was huge news for me. Also, this actually truly is not funny. Um, I don't know what the story, how this is going to end, but Travis Barker, you guys, um, has been admitted to a, a hospital in Los Angeles. I'm here in Cedar sinai On Tuesday for an undisclosed medical condition, Barker checked himself into West Hills Hospital and Medical Center near Calabasas early Tuesday and was later taken by ambulance to Cedar sinai Medical uh, Center for additional care. Representatives from Barker have not publicly commented on the drummer's condition. Travis Barker himself tweeted, God save me, around 1045 a.m. His daughter, Alabama Barker, asked her follower, followers to please send your prayers. Um, and we saw uh, footage of Courtney with him where he looked like he was in a stretcher of some sort. Uh, I am getting word that Courtney did have COVID recently. So hopefully this is not, I mean, hope God, I mean, it's already bad if he's in the hospital, but uh, that this is just horrifying to me. Somebody in my DMs already wrote Kardashian curse. And I was like, oh my God, don't even say that. Don't even say that. Oh my God. Like, listen, I want them to live forever so I can continually make fun of them finger blasting each other in public. You know, like what I'm saying? Like, you know, those people you are like, I want nothing bad for that to happen to either of them because I want to continue to poke fun at them in the best way possible. You know, like that would just be heartbreaking. Um, but also like, man, stay off social media right now, you guys. Like, keep that in where like, uh, like we're all pulling for you. But don't, you know, that's it. I think it sometimes just riles things up even more. So, uh this is interesting. I mean, it's just, I don't know. I don't know. So we'll find out more. I'll, I'll let you know as soon as I know more tomorrow on Thursday's show, which I have some great guests on Thursday. We had such a fun conversation today. Uh, I cannot wait for you guys to hear that one as well. Like, I just feel really locked. I, I lucky. I feel like we're putting out really decent shows. Um, and, and hopefully you guys are telling friends and all of that stuff. Uh, <laughs> we're doing something special over here, baby. <laughs> oh man, I wish you guys were here. Remember, I am recapping Real Housewives Ultimate Girls Trip Season 2 over on the Patreon. We did the first episode on Sunday. I'll put the other one out this weekend as well. Just in time for the 4th of July holiday, the way the good Lord meant us to celebrate by listening to me complain about Brandy Glanville. Like, <laughs> oh my God, did you see this, you guys? Brandy Glanville was on Watch What Happens Live tonight with Jill Zarin. I have not been able to watch yet. Very excited to watch, but I will say it's very interesting because uh, they tweeted that Brandy, you guys, is she's releasing. You're not gonna even, you're gonna think I'm pulling your leg. She's releasing a rap song. Yeah, guess what it's called? 
Life of a Housewife. Guess when it's released? July 7th. The official Watch What Happens Live Twitter account says this is not a drill. So, you guys, I'm going to have to do an immediate live reaction to this song when I hear it. Maybe I'll go live on YouTube or something, and then I'll talk about it on the show as well. Uh, Also, uh, let me see here. Howard Stern, who I'm a huge fan of. I don't get to listen as much as I, 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 I work too much now. I don't get to listen... I used to listen so much every day at work, but I don't get to listen as he announced that he is seriously considering running for president. And I'm like, you know what? Why not at this point? Why not? Like, uh, listen, okay, cool. Let's do it. Um, he couldn't get any, I mean, like, listen, like any of us could do it at this point. Any of us could do it at this point. That's what I keep thinking. Um, also, this is another thing I saw today that just gave me pause, if you will, is Louis, uh, you know, Teresa and Louis, Real Housewives of New Jersey, they released these, um, I don't know if you call them engagement photos or what, I, but it's him, like, picking up, like, a dirty dancing pose, almost like picking up Teresa, and she has this red billowy dress, and the dress is just, it, it looks like a kite, it looks like she's flying. It's really a huge. You've got to see the image if you haven't. And I just kept thinking, oh my God, who's the one? Who's in charge of getting the dress that floaty before you? Like, how many takes did this take? Did Cara Delevingne do this? Because remember when Megan the Stallion, she was on the red carpet, uh, was it the Grammys? And Cara Delevingne, like, was on one and just was like, oh, let me do it. Let me, let me, let me put your skirt up for the photos. Like, and I was like, is that just Cara Delevingne? Just like, Teresa, let me do it, please. It's me, Cara Delevingne. Hello, hello. Uh, Only Murders in the Building Season 2. First two episodes got released last night. I have not watched it yet. I am behind schedule, but I'm very excited to watch. And I think that's a good feeling show, like even though it's about a murder in a building. But you know what I'm saying? It has heart, and that's what we need these days. We need some heart to combat all this other crap. Anyways, let's get on to today's show and today's guest. Like I said, Aliza Rosen, uh, you need to go to AYRmedia.com. Also follow her at AYRmedia on her Instagram. But this woman is doing so many cool podcasts and shows. And like, seriously, I have a geek fit with this. I think you guys are going to dig it too. It's enough housewives and reality shows to, uh, to, you know, get, get, get you your fix. But then we get to talk about queen of the con too. the podcast that just got released. The one that's about to come up that she just sold this. Uh, she's just making big moves. And I, I just, I think she's great. So you guys, without further ado, here she is. You guys have a great day. Here she is. Aliza Rosen. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, welcome back to the show today. We have a returning guest. I am so excited to talk to again. Uh, I don't know if I think it was like nine months or a year ago. She was on the first time promoting a podcast that she produces her production company, AYR Media, uh, uh, overseas. And it's just, it was really amazing, you guys. It's called Queen of the Con. Um, but she also is just fascinated in herself. Plus, she loves all the shows we love. We got into a great conversation about Beverly Hills. Uh, amongst other things. And now she is back with Queen of the Con season two about a whole new lady we're going to learn about. Uh, the first uh, bunch of episodes are out already. So you can, this is like a bingeable Netflix show, but on podcasting, you know, like, so it's, it's actually really interesting what she does, what she's producing. She just has a new deal, uh, that I was reading in, uh, deadline Hollywood, uh, for a new thing she just optioned and is producing in terms of podcasting. This is really exciting because to me, this is 
the future of what we do. And if you geek out on this stuff like I do, uh, we're going to go through conception to podcasting to potentially then back to series or movie, which I have a prediction that these things will all be headed that way. So, Aliza Rosen, welcome back to the show. Thank you, Ryan. So happy to be back. Number one fan. Yeah. Well, mm-hmm. By the way, you guys, I'm Queen of the Con too. Kate Casey is in the yes. first episode, our podcasting uh, friend and mentor, Kate Casey. And I would, because she lives in the OC where this story takes place. So she is like an OC expert in the first episode. As soon as Jonathan told me about the story, I said, you have to call Kate Casey. I said, nobody will give you better OC bites than Kate Casey. She is the queen. We love you, no, Kate. I was, like, I, 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 I was just like, where, I mean, I was like thinking like, what do we got to do? Like, is there going to be like a, I'm trying to think of a Valley show where I can talk about, or like, you know, I was like, what's my expertise so I can be on one of these shows. Cause I was like, no, it's Kate. I want to, I geek out about this stuff so hard because I'm like, I always think about podcasting of like, this will be, this is, this will be here long after I die. Like these, <laughs> this hope. is my legacy, you know, <laughs> like, yeah, I know. Well, um, just to give people a brief overview of what we had chatted about last time, just quickly, how did you get your start in uh, producing and then producing podcasts? Yeah. So I, I, I accidentally stumbled into podcasts is the real thing, but in a way it also, on a more universal level, it's kind of like the culmination of everything I have been doing, which is the cool part. So I, you know, I started as a television producer for over 20 years and I yeah. was very heavy into development. And, you know, basically that's coming up with shows and selling them, producing, I uh, produced many shows and I've always considered myself a TV producer. And then honestly, four months before the pandemic hit, I, the first time I've ever been lucky in my career, my old lawyer called me, she just went over to Audible to become their lead counsel and said, you should come bring us stuff. And I was like, well, I haven't written any books. Like, why would I come to Audible? And then she explained, they're starting to get into these original true crime podcasts. And I was like, great. So I kind of dug into my resources that I had have for developing stuff for TV, came up with three shows for them, and then got the green light from them for all three shows, um, you know, a couple months after we went into lockdown. And accidentally kind of just started this company, which grew and, and it was crazy. And then we got into the- And grew stuff. quickly, I, I, Very I, feel quickly. Like. I feel like I see you doing so many things, but it's funny with podcasting, I always feel like people stumble into it. Like, it's like, <laughs> I always like, I never thought I would be doing this. Like everybody in podcasting isn't like, I set out to podcast. No. It's always, I stumbled into podcasting. Well, and that's where the culmination of my, kind of all my interest comes in because I was actually an early adapter podcaster, like 2008, I was listening to the Mark Maron podcast and, you know, this American life. So I kind of always yeah, loved it. And I'm someone that's like always puttering. I'm like making dinner and doing the laundry, walking the dog. So I actually have always loved podcasts just because I could take it with me as opposed to like having to be on a couch and just watch. Although I love that too. Um, and then when I moved to LA in 2015, I was, I was actually met with the CEO of Wondry who had just started their network. And we were just talking in general about like, could there be a job for me? And it was sort of then that I realized like, I didn't really want to fully transition just a podcast. I really wanted to keep my feet in TV as well, which I'm glad I did at that time. However, he, Hernan Lopez's name, I'm sure you know him. He suggested that he's like, have you thought about doing a podcast? So I kind of just on a lark for fun, started a podcast called Reality of Reality, which I did for five years where I yeah. interviewed 
heavy hitters and unscripted. You, you're yeah. on it. I mean, you guys, yo, you can still find that. And actually, yeah. if you do want like more behind the scenes of actual like, you know, production and how these things, you know, it, it really is for me, like I geek out on stuff like that. And I think you guys do too. So it is something to worth. I love that too, because it's not, um, you know, you're not talking about the thing that happened that week. You're talking about the overall conception and production of reality in a sense. Yeah, it's less pressure in that way too. I mean, God, what you do is... I can't even. What you do is unbelievable to keep up with the stuff every day, to do the pace that you do. It's insane. It's truly like I, I was like, there is definitely a burnout <laughs> on the horizon. Like I've never, I've never worked this hard at something that I've fallen into. Like and I'm <laughs> right. I'm obsessed, I'm obsessed with it, but like I'm obsessed with all of it. Like I used to be obsessed with Hollywood, like movies and TV. Like this is my new obsession. And that's why she had sent me these articles, you guys. This kind of spills into what we were talking about. Uh, because you guys just pre- uh, for an audible podcast about an attorney's unsolved murder is going to be one of your next projects, um, which sounds amazing. But the other thing that I love about this and I geek out on the Hollywood thing is that the trend of what this is, this IP intellectual property is out there now through podcasting. And then the natural evolution of anybody's IP is for then a studio to pick it up and make a TV show or to make a movie. Like we saw on uh, the thing about Pam with Renee Zellweger or the Pam and Tommy show. Like these are based on IP, whether it be a Rolling Stone article, a podcast or something. I mean, isn't it funny that through podcasting, you're getting back to potentially TV in a sense. Well, that's honestly production. That's kind of the move. Like I, so many podcast people are not TV people. So because I have, I come from that experience, I kind of uniquely understand what it is to design a podcast that can be adapted. So the scripted stuff is all new to me, which I'm really excited about because I've mostly been unscripted, but I'm finding the scripted stuff to be so much fun. And, um, Two of our three podcasts right now are being adapted for scripted. Funny you should say Renee Zelliger. Well, maybe he'll be hearing more about that soon. But I also have two scripted podcasts, three scripted podcasts that we're in production on now. Two are, you know, totally different than the stuff I've been doing. They're for Mahogany Network, which is Hallmark's Black Female Romance Network. And those, I just finished recording our first one this week. I had a blast. It's so much fun, Ryan, after everything we do to like work with. Well, I mean, you're an actor, you know, professional actors who know what they're doing. You're not trying to get like bites out of real people. And it has been, you know, making up lines on the fly, just make believe, you know. So it's, it's opening all these doors that as you said, I hope podcasts, I mean, the, the genre keeps growing and morphing and sort of the scripted part is really fun, but also, you know, they've been very frank with us that they want it to be IP incubation for scripted series and movies for their linear network. So it's a very quick, inexpensive way to get these stories out there, hopefully find an audience, be essentially, somebody once called it expensive development, right? Because it's like a proof of concept yeah, yeah, to yeah. see if it works. And, well, what, got, and what she's yeah. talking about, just for all you, like proof of concept usually just means that like, look, we know this will work. We put together like a, uh, a little a mini pilot or a teaser. Even this is how Housewives started. Southern Charm, you can go and find their little, I forgot what they're called, their little, not demo reels, but their little pitch uh, yeah, decks. Audition reels, yeah. 
Yeah. Oh, and like oh the sizzle see, reels from the network. The sizzle reel. Sorry, that's it. The, the sizzle reel. You can see Southern Charm sizzle reel that Whitney put together and you can really see what that is. And that's kind of like, yo, this is the concept. You can see it with your own eyes. You do not have to imagine it. This is already thought out. And people are buying that hook, line and sinker in a way of like, this is what we want. And with podcasting, you're doing that as well. That's the proof of concept. This is the whole story front to back. Yeah. And I find with our audiences, which I call like the pop, like the Venn diagrams for like pop culture, housewives, cults, you know, like sort of like all of the yeah, great so stories. Sad. I would even say com- <laughs> comedy is probably in there too. Cause we're funny and we like, we respond to funny things. I find that audience is a very high consumption audience. So, you know, I'm thinking about that Ronan Farrow catch and kill. Like I read the book, I listened yep. to the podcast and then I could not help myself. I watched the HBO show, which I got to tell you was exactly the podcast to the point where they were filming him making the podcast. And yet I watched every I episode. will say that was one of the only examples where I, I, I tuned out after the first I episode. Get it. Cause I was like, I get it. cause I was like, this is so on, like I had just listened to the audio book. So I was right. like, like, why uh, am I doing, you know what? Thing? Yeah, exactly. So, um, yeah. So we would never, find- that would not get greenlit now, just so you know, the, the buyers now are like, how is this going to be different? How, what are you going to cover that's different than the podcast? You know, it's different when you're adapting unscripted podcasts to scripted TV series because you're dramatizing it. You can take so much more poetic license, but when you're doing unscripted to unscripted, you have to have a better story in your pitch than, well, it's just the picture version of it. You know, <laughs> well, what's the difference, you know, coming from a TV world and this might be a little inside baseball for you guys and we'll get to housewives in a sec, but <laughs> I love this so much is that what is the difference in you noticed in pitching a TV show as opposed to somebody comes in your office and go, I got an idea for a podcast. What do you think the big differences are? Oh my God. So many, I mean, the core that's the same as the story, right? It has to be an amazing story with twists and turns and lots of arcs, lots of cliffhangers, like a journey, right? Like no matter what the podcast is, got to keep you from beginning to end. Sorry, no matter what the story is, podcast or TV. Yeah. The difference, I mean, the basic difference is our podcasts are a lot more inexpensive to make. You can go, the thing that you can do on podcasts that you can't do on TV, which is one of the main reasons I love podcasts, is you mm-hmm. can go on little rabbit holes. You could do a whole episode about something that's only really tangentially related to your main subject and still keep people because yeah, you could take listeners on that journey where you get to learn something new. And if you, you know, you know, open it up with why you're doing that with the character that we've been following and you end with that character, you're going to have that whole middle section, which I've noticed in podcasts. And I love it. I mean, really do you, it makes the listener feel like, Ooh, look at this learning journey I'm on, you know? Yeah. And if you did it with TV, they'd be like, this is meandering. Why aren't we getting back to this show here? Yeah. But with podcasts, it's just expected and it works like you're, you're there for it. And so that's a big, um, a big difference. I would say for TV, it is all about, I mean, to that same point, retention, right? They have, something has to be happening all the time to make people not turn it off. You know, you're dealing with, and it's the same thing with podcasts too, but again, people, I think you have a longer rope to get people invested. Whereas for TV, if they don't like the first episode, they turn it off. And we see it sometimes in our podcast. There's somebody, I mean, we got in Queen of the Con season one, there was an attorney in the first episode. Her voice was so grating to people that the review, the review, I mean, we must've had at least 15 reviews just going after this woman. It was awful. But I'm like, <laughs> you know what? Fine, don't watch it. What do I give a shit? Or I'm sorry, listen. One of my friends, what, no, no. One of my friends is did a long form uh, uh, narrative storytelling podcast 
about something. And, and uh, you know, I, I think she's brilliant. And I mm-hmm. went to her reviews to check it out. And it was the same thing about the voice, like everything, like content, great voice, horrible. And I'm just like, wow, it is that one kind of interesting thing with podcasting that people really, I mean, and it's an obvious thing because it is right. audio, right. but it's like brutal. Like people are looking for reasons to not like something anymore. I guess we always have been. We always have. I mean, look, I'm guilty of it too. If the main narrator is really irritating, whether it's the voice or something else, their way they talk, I'll be like, I can't do this. And, um, but if it's one person, a carrot, like that was, you know, that was this thing. It wasn't our narrator. It was yeah. just somebody interviewed, yeah. like, get over it. You had to listen to her for a total of two minutes. You can live. But now when podcast production, are you of the, if somebody auditions for a, any kind of narrator, I mean, are you like, your voice is horrible. You'll never yeah. work in this town again, you know? Yeah, yeah. So we had, um, I won't say which one or anything, but yeah, of course. we had yeah, a major problem with one of our, with one of ours. And I had to, I had to can this person mm. and I hired, I hired a celebrity. Do you, I mean, do you, are you on, well, do you, are you on it? Like that reminds me of my acting days where, you know, it's, I remember getting let go on set once. Not because I did not like uh, visually fit in with what the director, like the casting had already cast. I was in costume. I had met who was playing my wife. I w- it was the That's most brutal. embarrassing, awkward thing, a producer coming up to me. And you could tell she didn't want to do it. And it was just, the director was just not feeling. And it's this was before awful. even the acting happened. I know. It it's horrible. Ryan, I had to do it this week with my script and podcast. I had a guy come in. Everyone was amazing. One guy was okay. He wasn't great. The network said he was okay. And I just, it was bothering me all night. I'm like, or like, and I, and I cast somebody new. I mean, we still had to pay the guy, but I literally found somebody to come in the next day. He was amazing. Killed it. And it's, I don't know how actor, I mean, he, this guy won't find out. I don't think because it's a pilot, but I don't know how you actors do it. Like giving rejection. Obviously I get rejected. I'm selling things that get rejected every day, but it's not personal. I don't take, I'm not putting myself saying, choose me. Am I pretty enough? Am I hot enough? Am I good enough? Like, I'm just like, you don't like my show fine. You know, but it, I don't know how you guys it, do it. You know, it's, it's brutal. Yeah. I mean, like we are the product in a lot of times, even yes. with podcasting though, like, you know, you're getting to be behind the scenes of AYR media and creating all of these things and saying, this is what I want to tell the story. But even with me, even talking about these other things, inevitably my show uh, is about me and inevitably I share so much. So yes. I get, I get pretty uh, quick feedback if somebody doesn't like a direction I went, if I talk too openly about something like, I mean, I, or even if I do it in a good way, I get immediate, immediate feedback, which can be insanely hard for somebody that I'm not the most confident person in the world. So it rocks me every day, which is so funny. It's almost like, I'm just, uh, I love to, uh, abuse myself or yeah, you're you know, willingly maybe. putting yourself, but that's, yeah. I mean, like why would you're you, a creative so because weird. you're a creative, you can't help it. Like you, you yeah, can't but, create something and do what you're doing and not have assholes or trolls. Like, and that's the, that's always going to be. Well, isn't that sad that that almost means you're kind of uh, inching towards success, <laughs> you know, like when Absolutely. you start to get people disliking you, which I hate because you know, like even just from being a podcast fan, just even using podcasting and, and knowing about pop culture since I was a kid, you notice that, you know, it's like the, the real successful ones start having like, you know, just full on, uh, Reddit threads about them hating them, you know, full on 
Facebook pages dedicated to disliking. Guess what this asshole said today? And it's wild because that usually means that the other person is making a living, which is just because I'm that kind of thing. Like, oh, I want to be liked by everybody. I want to like. And it's a really hard acceptance, uh, even with acting, that, that that's just never going to be the case. It's too subjective, you know? Yeah. And you're always going to focus on you're not you probably have 50 amazing reviews and you're looking at the one or two and you're beating yourself up as opposed to being able to focus on the 50 amazing ones. It's oh, so I had annoying. to stop. I had to stop. So I have, have a friend that will read. I have a friend that will read me like specifically <laughs> good ones. And I'll even be like, no, 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 I don't want to. And then they're like, no, no, this is a good one. But even that will like kind of throw me off. Like I want the reviews, but I don't want to. Yeah. Yeah, anyway, so so, so Queen of the Con, you guys, <laughs> this is the second se- uh, second season of Queen of the Con, and it focuses on a different woman. Um, were you nervous after? I mean, Queen of the Con season one, which came out last year, was great. But were you worried of like, was this always the plan to do multiple seasons with multiple different women? And are you scared that you might run out of women? No, funny you should ask. <laughs> funny you should ask because we are in pre-pro on season three, and we're and that's going to be get- Jen Shaw, right? Is that Jen <laughs> Shaw? Is it Erica Jane? Who is it? Great idea. Um, <laughs> look at my life. No, it's yeah, going to me, be. At, I'm, I'm the queen of the con. <laughs> she doesn't care. Um, yeah. No, we have like we're literally debating between three different women right now. I mean, it's it's you'd be shocked at the plethora of choices. <laughs> wait, wait. When you're on like when you're fighting over which lady yeah. is going to be queen of the con season three. I mean, do the even the ladies get involved? They're like, I want it. I want the juice. Like, I know I'm a criminal, but like, I feel like that's where we're getting to. Of like, they they probably want to be talked about. These ladies, you well, know, that's what's so funny because one that we're considering without giving too much away because I don't know if we'll end up there. She supposedly knows Anna Delvey and Anna Delvey thinks she's crazy. I'm like, do we need to interview Anna Delvey to talk about this horrible woman? I mean, it's just like. (laughs) Crazy. I'm off. Did you, on wait, did you look into there. Caroline Calloway at all? Like, she was look, on I my mean, list. Have you at minor. Well, that's what, it, what is considered somebody that you, and in, in fact, yeah. you know, tell the us criteria? a little bit about the lady. <laughs> well, no, the lady in season two and like, what does, what defines that you can tell a story of? Because Caroline yeah. Calloway, I'm like, well, you know, you, you know, she did the book thing that she never wrote the book and accepted money. Is that really queen of the con worthy? Cause you could go down a lot of rabbit holes, but what to you makes yeah. somebody worthy of a season? Literally an amazing question because we have filters, which is part of what our conversation was this morning, because that's, and that's a perfect example. I don't know. I know she kind of screwed over her best friend, but other than that, the person has to have real life victims, which is why we didn't do Anna Delvey. I really wanted to do her first when the Shonda show was coming out because I thought it'd be great synergy. People can go to the podcast. But when we dug in, I thought there's a few things that don't fit our kind of filters, which is one Anna Delvey is one of the most uncharming assholes I have ever encountered. (laughs) And Mayor, the con artists are slick and charming, and that's how they infiltrate themselves into these people's lives. Number two, there weren't really any sympathetic victims. There was the best friend who everybody, of course, hated, (laughs) but poor girl. And then... uh, and then there were just banks and rich people. Nobody cares about them getting scammed. So what yeah. we, what was really powerful about both seasons is that there were real, as fun as we kind of make it and you go around, a, you know, you go on this crazy caper ride. At the heart of it are real victims that were really hurt, not just financially, kind of financially is the word, the least of it. 
you know, these, she, these con artists rip away your soul. You know, they, she, in season one, Mare groomed her daughter to be a con artist, actually both her daughters. And then one died and then she tried to raise money on her dead daughter's name. I mean, it's like, they're just shameless. So that's the biggest filter to me, which is that there has to be real human beings on the other side of the con, because I think the heart of it is really what is the DNA of the series and why people connected it to it so much in season one. What made uh, the lady revolving around season two were like, what is her story? Yeah, what her are we deal. following? Yeah. Which so by the way, it- reminder, you guys, like I said earlier, you can uh, listen to the first eight or nine episodes right now. When you hear this podcast, you can go first one's 34 minutes. These are like, these are not two and a half hour epics. Like I do. Get these are like things that are well-produced. There's music. There's it. I mean, it's just it's beautifully produced. So what is uh, who is season two? Okay. About? Season two is Lizzie Mulder. And what also made this so interesting for especially your audience is she could a thousand percent be a real housewife like she 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 looks like one. She's blonde. She lives in Orange County. Beautiful home, married two children like she's an accountant. She's a successful accountant. Her thing was small businesses, right? Small businesses, as somebody who is a small business owner, are very vulnerable. You are trusting people with your accounts, with everything. So she would swoop in with the hairdressers, with the Pilates instructors, you know, people that she was going to as a client and say, God, you seem so overwhelmed. Let me help you. That's why we call it the OC savior, because she had the savior complex of like, I'm going to make your life easier. Well, no surprise. She made it a million times harder, a million times worse. She had elaborate, won't get too in the weeds on it, but she had elaborate schemes where she would con them with fake checks and, you know, payments to the IRS that were never going to the IRS. She would disguise her voice to pretend she was various companies trying to make collections, then save the day by saying, I spoke to them. Don't worry. I mean, really just crazy preyed on not only successful small business owners who really trusted her, but on a guy that um, you know, as an addict and trying to put his life back together. And they were really close friends and he was trying to start a business, just horrible, horrible stories. What's cool about this. And I won't give it away, but this is why you should all listen is we did a little bit of sort of advocacy journalism and we, Jonathan, our host, Jonathan Walton, who he was a victim of, of the con artist of season one. So that makes him yeah. uniquely qualified. He found kind of a smoking gun in something that happened in this case that potentially could put her in prison. So I want to say back in prison, but you got to listen to it. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, this is, I mean, that's what I always, I always, so is there an end to this or is it open? That's what I'm saying. It's an end. So so spoiler alert, she does go to jail, but she's out just like Mara's out from season one. They get out and they do it. And by the way, they do it again. They don't, Leopard does not change their spots when it comes to con artists. I will tell you, if I have learned anything in this lifetime, it's that. Folks, summer is just around the corner, so it's time to say goodbye to those jackets and sweaters and hello to shorts and tees. Now, I wanted to update my wardrobe for the long haul without spending a fortune, and luckily, I found Quince. Now, I have a lineup of timeless pieces I want that will keep me looking fresh year after year. I got a pair of tan shorts. I got a pair of green shorts. I cannot wait to style these for summer. And I got to tell you, the quality is great because Quince has all the seasonal must-haves, like 100% European linen shirts from 30 performance polos, and versatile flow knit activewear. The best part? All Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less 
than similar brands. Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman by partnering directly with top factories and passes that savings on to us. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes. So you can feel good about what you're wearing on every level. So upgrade your wardrobe. Go to quince.com slash so bad for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's quince.com slash so bad to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash so bad. When it comes to the plant-based eating debate, there's more to consider than just healthy or unhealthy. Of course, we want to eat things that make us feel good and generate energy to keep us going. But there's also a major environmental component that drives a lot of people to a plant-focused diet. But you don't have to give up some of your faves entirely. Impossible Foods makes meat from plants. They're solving the meat problem with more meat. By creating delicious meat from plants that's better for you and the planet, Impossible lets you enjoy some of your favorite meaty products with a plant-based twist. Ground beef, homestyle meatballs, sausage patties, all made from plants. And that's just a few of their delicious and versatile options. No more tension between craving meat but not wanting to eat so much of it or sacrificing your carnivorous faves for your health. Indulge in nutrient-packed, plant-based goodness and feel good doing it. Check out impossiblefoods.com to see how you can help solve the meat problem with more meat. That's I-M-P-O-S-S-I-B-L-E-F-O-O-D-S.com. But then we, we not celebrate, but we do give the, like, you know, star power has changed a lot where, you know, even influencer culture where, you know, stars, I always talk about used to be actors or musicians or stuff. And now Anna Delvey's a star in a way, you know, like we do then make these people stars I know, and they never stop doing this, but the, the stories are so fascinating that it is worth worthy of putting like uh, a magnifying glass on. But I don't know if it, if these are all cautionary tales, I just don't know if we ever learn from them because and I won't get into the weeds on this either. No, but like, I get it. You know, if you yeah. look at the if you look at the scams of like even political uh, people, not Republican and Democrat, like the money, the campaigning, all of these things, trying to look into you know the the big lie or whatever. It's it's really <laughs> interesting to me that the it even happens on a grand scale. You could even make the argument that. Um, the uh, the Kardashians are a uh, a scam in a grifters. way. Or a con in grifters, grifters, yeah. Chris well, Jenner, queen of the grifters. I mean, allegedly. her one her business manager, and this is getting real in the weeds, is Lou Taylor. Lou Taylor is the one that basically put Britney in a conservatorship. Yeah, yeah. Oh my God, Lou, can you imagine? When you start you, connecting you, those dots, you. But see, you would be. I think if you ever we can't tried touch to Lou, Taylor. Lou Taylor, no, you would have been. She's the most litigious. Down. Yeah. Yeah. It we almost. Even, we almost did a Britney podcast. We had really good access before it blew up. And that was one of the main reasons we'd ended up going forward. I was too scared. I was like, if we can't go there with Lou Taylor, who's clearly at at the top of the pyramid, then, you know, allegedly, then I I'm going to get like, I I don't need to get sued. I already went up against Gene Kasem. That was scary enough. So. Oh yeah. Casey. Yeah, totally. My gosh. I forgot about that. Uh, You were involved. I have a lot of insurance. (laughs) Um, So, I mean, why do you think is, and this actually kind of connects to uh, housewives and reality shows is that, you know, like you said, this could have been an OC housewife. This could have been this lady that you focus season two on is that what is it about? um, I feel like there's just a very thin line and we're seeing that more and more with the Erica Janes and the Jen Shaw's or even the Teddy Mellencamp. You could call all in a uh, scam in a way, her diet program and stuff. Like, oh my you... God, I can't. And yeah. then with her going after Vicky about her being a scammer, 
I'm like, you, you ladies. That's right. I always say there's there's a show outside of the show that they edit together that is more fast. They got to watch it because it's becoming more fascinating than the, than the actual show. Like you guys, yesterday, Teddy, uh, uh, Teddy, you know, Vicky's said on entertainment tonight in an interview that she doesn't like Teddy doesn't know who she is. Doesn't like the podcast that she does with Tamara. Then Teddy, I think somebody wrote that tweet for her where she said, Oh, you know, you know, she made fun of Vicky uh, and her love life or something like that. And then Vicky immediately came back and then said, Oh, oh yeah, the scam thing. Teddy made something uh, in regards to Brooks being a scammer, uh, which is totally true. But then <laughs> it's like, Teddy's not the one that can say something like that because somebody immediately came in and go, Hey, what about that all in scam that you actually work for your diet <laughs> so program? Awesome. It's like, you're not a reliable narrator to make fun of somebody else when you do the same, like these, and all she these created just- it. She they just want to get back on the show. They just want to get back on the show. So they will do anything to get Ugh. back on the show. Teddy's so awful and desperate. I, there, there's just certain ones that really throw me over the edge. And Teddy is definitely one of them. Well, the argument for that, though, is people are like, well, her name's still in your mouth. And I'm like, okay, sure. <laughs> but like, you know what I'm saying? There's like horrible, like there's, I get what you're saying. I get that idea, but at the end of the day, still it's in a bad way. Like I still believe in good press. <laughs> I believe in people genuine, like you're always going to have detractors, but like that's all the attention Teddy has like is detractors. Like even the podcast, Tamara gets more, Tamara gets more praise and flowers <laughs> for that than Teddy does. You know, like Tamara, like it's always like given to Tamara. Teddy's just along for the ride. People assume. Do you listen to it? No, just because not, not out of uh, spite or anything like that. I just don't, I, I don't want to steal anything. I don't want to, you know, and I just don't, I, I like Tamara as a character on housewives, but I also think it's what it's in that same idea. Like Kelly Dodd, where like, why does anybody talk to this person? <laughs> they literally are just fishing for information. Like I even have behind the scenes stuff about Tamara that people have given me where it's like, she just slides into DMS trying to collect information against a bro trying to collect information about, and I'm like, and then she whines and cries because Andy supposedly said, Oh, you know, your podcast is a, you know, a negative behind the scenes look. And she's like, have you listened? And I'm like, it isn't. And I'm like, it kind of is like, you got to choose one way or the other. You got to choose if you want to reveal the secrets or be a part of the secrets. A hundred percent. And I don't, I don't listen for the same reason. Cause they have such a great PR team. I just have to look at the headlines. I'm like, I get it. Oh, oh yeah, to, That's they, have, that, they have the resources and the name, <laughs> yeah. uh, the star yeah. power behind it, where it's like they, you know, it's like I, I, I have to put blood, sweat and tears like you do into your show in these things. And then even I mean, you're out here on a, a promoting route. You're like, you, you know, like I want to do PR for this. And that's why you're here, um, which is really exciting. Uh, you do. You have seen something that I do want to mention before we get into Beverly Hills is the deep end, which is a four part <sighs> series on free form. You can find it on Hulu about Teal Swan. And it really is a supposed behind the scenes look. And you kind of uh, start to, the question is asked, is this a cult or not? And I found this fascinating so much so that I went back and I found the podcast that was uh, done. What's the name of it? I need to listen to it. Yeah. I was like, so I need to listen to that. Um, I'm finding it right now for everybody. Where did it go? I'll um, find it. I'll find it. Yeah, it was uh it was done years ago. It's called The Gateway, Teal Swan. The Gateway, writing it down. Yeah, it's produced by Gizmodo and okay. it's uh 
It's only okay. six episodes. It's done years ago. So I, I mean, here's the deal. I want, but I, I need a part two of this. See, I mean, I need some, I need more Teal Swan. Cause what did you think of the four part series? You know, I watch everything, like anything cult related, except I haven't seen the Mormon one yet on Netflix, but everything yeah. else I've seen, seen the vows, seen all the vows, like the one <laughs> yeah. on stars, even, you know, yes, the one on stars. I really liked Starred, it was really good. Called, right? yeah. yeah. I interviewed the directors when I had my podcast. I really, really liked it. Um, yeah. I, I mean, li- literally all of them. Why wild country? You name it. Seen it. This one shook me to my core in a way that even the vow, which is so disgusting on a million levels, it, it was the access. It was being on the inside and seeing this demonic monster. I, I, it, I, I was just like, I was speechless. I didn't think that I could be shocked by anything. And then even after the first episode, I was like, this is disgusting. This is horrendous. It got even worse and worse. And I've never been so triggered by that hair hair like that in my life that long. I hate very shiny horse hair. I hate horse (laughs) hair. I hate Kim Kardashian's long hair. I hate Kyle's long hair. Oh, last night when she had up in that palm tree, I hate, you know, I have hair. It's not like I'm like, you know, Oh, I want long hair. hair." Yeah. I got hair, but it is so triggering to me the way she put that up in that mud bath thing. The enablers. Oh yeah. Cause her guy, uh, her guy would do the uh, vegan, like, dyeing her hair every, you know, so often. Yeah. Ryan, I got so obsessed that I (laughs) really, it was embarrassing. I reached out to Blake on Facebook messenger. He did not respond. Blake, you guys is the, her old boyfriend that then she lived with her right hand man that then in one of the episodes ends up leaving uh, the, the program for his own lady love, which is a, a narrative thing that's told in this as well. You reached out to Blake. Did what did he say? Did he, did he, he respond? said nothing? No, he didn't. <laughs> I just said, because the way that they left the doc, I still felt like he was not fully detached. Out. Like, yeah, he did. He doesn't really get it yet. And it might take years. And I just said, I hope you find the right therapy and good for you for getting out. And thank God for that Juliana woman getting her. She seems so sweet. But it was just, I could not believe what I was saying. I really couldn't. I, I can't believe. No, it, the worst part, have you gone on her Instagram? Yes. Yeah. And now she's in her Instagram. It's like a whole nother series because now she is going point by point through the series and why it's a sham. And she's, you know, she's like a housewife. She's like blaming bad editing. It's a bad edit. This is what they were trying to do from the get-go, which I mean, listen, they might have been, but it's still her it's still who she is. And well, exactly. She's, she's like, release all the footage. And I'm like, yeah, release all the footage. I'm still imagining it's not going to come out uh, on your side. Uh, you got, I'm, I keep talking about this, you guys, because I just truly found it fascinating. Also in the way they shot it, that's probably the most deceptive way because they shot it and edited it so um, beautifully and show like where I almost had to, I thought I was like, wait a sec. The first episode in, I was like, I thought it was a reality show. And then I was yeah, like, wait, I, I got is confused too. I was like, oh, is this, I bet this person actually doesn't exist. So I looked it up. I'm like, oh, she does exist. I know. Cause it was, it was like beautifully edited and you could tell they took so much time with these, uh, these, uh, cutaways and, the, oh my the, God, the, I, I had the exact was, same experience. And I actually looked up the cinematographer director and trying to, trying to get him for another project we're doing. So I'm like, this was the most beautifully, I think that was another reason why it was so effective um, and kind of 
the way it took its time and the beautiful cinematic shots and the edit. And listen to her point, because I heard about some of those editing things. Okay, you guys, now is the uh, part of the show that's my favorite. We to celebrate uh, the advertiser who has sponsored the show this week, and it is our friends at Rothy's. Now, Rothy's, I have the coolest, I'm going to say badass, pair of shoes that I've ever had in my life. In fact, I wore them at the Countess Luann show at the El Rey on Friday, and I got... I got to tell you, I'm not even making this. I got three compliments on my shoes and I'm a dude. Like, you know what I'm saying? I love Rothy's. This place is excellent. And I even, I even passed a brick and mortar store on Melrose, like off of Melrose. And I was like, they, they advertise on the show. I got so excited. I saw a commercial from the other day. They're big time, you guys. So have you ever seen someone wearing a colorful pair of flats or shoes and thought, dang, those are cute, like a lot of people did to me on Friday night? They might have been Rothy's. Rothy's are the perfect shoes for commuting and traveling Everyone notices them. They're known for their chic pointed toe flats, but that's just the beginning because they have tons of iconic head-turning designs in bright but sophisticated colors. Plus, Rothy's works great with every outfit. That is true. Even the shoe I have, like I said, I'm a dude. It actually works with so many different outfits that I've worn it with so far. Um, you can wear them with yoga pants or dress them up for a night out. And they are insanely comfortable. They really, truly are. This is like a slipper. As soon as you take your first step, you think, ah... I like taking steps. And Rothy's takes sustainability to the next level. This, I actually think, is extremely flippin' cool. Um, all their products are knit with thread made from plastic water bottles. They have repurposed around $125 million, $125 million water bottles so far. Also, have you ever tried to find plastic threads in a water bottle? I tried to do that today. It is nearly impossible. Um, my personal experience, like I said, I got a free pair of shoes, I'll be honest, and uh, they got sent to me. Well, first off, the experience on the website, super easy. Uh, there was a lot to choose from. In fact, I have four things on my wish list because they even have bags at Rothy's because I was like, would this kind of make me a lot happier of a person overall if I had this cool looking bag? Um, I just think they look unique. They feel unique. Um, the comfort level is next level. And you always want to feel like you're doing something that is good for the planet because we're not going to stop getting products, but we want to make sure that uh, we don't leave as big of a footprint as we do. And Rothy's knows all about that and actually does something about that. Um, so, uh, for women though, um, I got to tell you, this is really where, where they excel. Their website has so many different looks and styles. And from people that I talk to about Rothy's and I have, they say it is actually, in fact, Maritza used my product code the other day to get a pair of Rothy's. She wanted to treat herself. Um, the washability on this is awesome too. I can throw these in the shoes and they in the uh, the old washer and they can be washed. My other shoes, I try to wash all my other shoes. They're all broken now because I the the Rothys are the only things that survived. So, anyways, your new favorite shoes are waiting. Discover the versatile styles you can wear absolutely anywhere and get twenty dollars off your first purchase at rothys.com forward slash so bad that's r-o-t-h-y-s dot com slash so bad for twenty dollars off your first order and like i always say with this just go put that in the website doesn't mean you have to purchase something but let them show that you listen to the pod and you're there you know maybe if you're there you know get something you get 20 bucks off you know what i'm saying 
of course, there's going to be things that are edited out of order that, you know, all of that. I, I'll grant her that. She's still a fucking monster. Like, I'm sorry. You, <laughs> well, I, I don't care how you edit even, it. Yes. She the narcissism even in her replies back about this kind of just doesn't. And I'm like, wow. But it also like, I love these things because to me, these are like your, your podcasts where, you know, it's like your podcasts where they are cautionary tales where I was sitting there thinking about, I was like, okay, well, I've never been in a cult, but I've, I've really believed in certain big personalities that have been in my life that I would have gone to war for. Because when you're in that vacuum with that person, you know, you're in, I remember a couple of people where I would have like, I would have been like, why is everybody always upset at this person? They're so great. I would fight for this. And then you get out of that situation and you realize, oh my God, like it just, when you're in it, you, this person makes you feel so great and so horrible and all of these things, you get so confused. Are you referring to that acting teacher that got exposed by the Hollywood Reporter? Did you read that article? Oh, um, we, I don't remember was her that, name. It's a couple months ago. I know. Who you, no, um, uh, I, I'm not referring to that, but okay. acting. I mean, I worked at an acting studio for 13 years and I actually was there had been times where they had said it was a cult and stuff. You know, I, I, I didn't feel that potentially, but this was an actual person that I worked with out away from anything like that. Um, but I'm just saying we've all had those experiences in life where even in relationships where you're so sucked in that you do not have any real perspective until you're years away from that person, you know? Yeah. I'm hoping that happens with poor Blake. It was just really upsetting. I mean, just, yeah, I, I'm glad it got made, but I feel what it scares me is when I do go on someone when I do go on her Instagram and I see all of these people, oh, Teal, thank you for your wise words, this and that. And I want to just, you know, <laughs> I didn't want to get into the fray because I don't, I stay away from crazy people, but it's like, I want to just write like people watch the You only end. do pot, you only do podcasts about crazy people. You don't, you stay away from other, other exactly. I, I only engage. make my living. I only make exactly. my living. Yeah. Exactly. But no, having no. said that, we do, we do have other stuff, Ryan. We're having, coming out with a comedy podcast hosted by JB Smooth this summer. Called oh, Funny I love JB Smooth. Beats. Oh my God. Hands he, down you- the best celebrity I have ever worked with. I can say, I told him that. Yeah. So basically, and, 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 and just another reminder, AYR media, is that like a, now an actual section that we can go to Apple podcasts? Cause it's, you said some's on audible, some's on yeah. pod. Like we're, how do we find, we're working on that. Is there so, a hub that we can find all your shows? No, but we're working on that as I start to move toward owning my own content. Hopefully that's the next step of this journey. But for now it's kind of by podcast. So if you go on my website, AYR-media, you can click on all the podcasts and find out where they are. Uh, all my iHeart ones are available anywhere you get your podcast, Queen of the Con, The Real Killer. We're in production on season two right now on that. We have a show called The Murder Years coming up at the end of August on iHeart. Um, so we've got, yeah, we've got a lot. If, if you, And I'm on Instagram at AYR underscore oh, media. Yeah. Guys, all that information will be yeah. on the uh, show notes and I'll post it in oh, great. Uh, my Instagram stories as well when this comes out. But uh, well, I was, I had a meeting with iHeart and my division of iHeart that I work with cloud 10. And, you know, they were talking about, you know, how murder shows, you know, are the number one, like, you know, you, you know, like you ever, cause we were talking about other ideas and listen, I do really well. I'm very lucky and all of this stuff, but you also realize how small, not small, but like there is, 
you know, what actually really hits, you know, like stuff about kids hits, stuff about uh, murders hit, stuff about cons hit. These things like are like the ones that they're truly looking for. Like you can start a murder podcast next week and potentially hit the charts two weeks later. I you know? know, literally with the word murder in it. It's crazy. Yeah. And I don't and I don't mean to take away from any of like somebody like I, these are all amazing people. I'm sure, but like they people are just drawn towards murder and things no, like that. And that's why. Brian, some of them are terrible. I'm sorry. And then no knock on. You know, they're just not produced the way that we do ours, just somebody talking. But just because people are so interested in the subject matter, they're happy to listen. You know, and that's frustrating for us because we put so much, I mean, we put four to five months of production into these things and someone just throws on a mic and they're like, let me tell you about this murder. And it goes to number one or number two. And I'm like, yeah. oh. oh, I mean, it's well, it's really interesting. And then you try to like, because I really try to think this stuff out now or even, you know, I'll have long thought conversations with myself about well, what's the future? Where do we head, Ryan? What do we do? Like, we know this isn't working, but you love it. This is working, but you don't yeah. like it. Like, it's really interesting to, and that's why I geek out so heavily on what you do. Um, going into a show that we both, uh, I don't even know if we love, but we love to watch maybe is Real Housewives of Beverly Hills, where you could make the argument last season when we were talking about Erica, did she, didn't she, is she a con artist? Isn't, you know, what awareness, have you changed any of your viewpoint, especially after this past week's episode where it was, you know, just a good old fashioned drunk Erica romp where she was loaded. What, it was any change so, in feelings about her? It's, it's such a good question because I was really struggling last night. First of all, did you catch the fact that she said that their boat was called the illegal <laughs> oh, I mean, talk about the dark. She's like, we used to have a bonus called the illegal. I'm like, I'm sure it was called the like, illegal. It's illegal. Thanks funds. for like reminding this- us. Yeah. Yeah. It was really confusing because I actually, okay. So pre all of this, I actually really liked Eric as a housewife. I interviewed her on my podcast. I was yeah. warned that she was going to be a cold bitch. She couldn't have been more fun and lovely and gracious. And I'm like, I love Erica. Then all this hit and I was like, horrible human, a hundred percent guilty, you know, and then I followed it pretty closely. Listen to all the podcasts, read all the stuff um, and kind of went into the season with a big eye roll of like, okay, this yeah. is, this is the Erica redemption story. I'm going to be really pissed. And then last night happened and I couldn't help but be entertained by her. And it was really messing up my head. I'm like, well, is listen, she hilarious? Am I dying? But, I, but- but you deal like con artists are entertaining. Con artists are charming. You still, they have these, these moments where there's a reason why they are in the first place, you know? And, and by the way, Eric is a fascinating case study because you could say she was conned by Tom Girardi. Come, you know, be with me. I'm going to take care of you this way. And then Erica's, I think, learned certain of these things as well. And even when, you know, you interviewed her and you were told she was like a cold bitch and she was warm. And then you were thankful for that. I bet, you know, it's like, I love that we expect, you know, it's like, Oh, I was going to let her be a cold bitch. And I was prepared for that, but it was so, she was nice. And she took, you know, it's like that to me is a part of a con too, of like setting up a certain reputation for yourself and then, you know, actually being the other way, which then endears you to that person even more. Yeah. One of my favorite things where I was really impressed she rolled with it because, you know, she's not known for having a great sense of humor about herself. Amy Phillips, I asked her to do this thing for me. Oh, yeah. So she's like, Eliza, I told you I wasn't going to come on your <laughs> podcast. So I started the interview, totally didn't prepare. I was like, I'm just going to take it. It could blow the whole interview. I'm just going to go with it. I'm like, Erica, hi, thanks for coming. I, I don't know if you realize that you called me last night and left me a message. I was just going to play it for you. And she's looking at me like, what? And then I play her the message from Amy. And she was like, I mean, 
mean, she wasn't like, you know, ah, ah. so funny. She's <laughs> so like, funny. Uh, and I just like, I wanna, Amy, yeah, yeah. Amy's good. She's real good. <laughs> so it was like, yeah, she gave it the most she could, but oh my God, Amy Phillips literally kills me. Tired of not being able to get a hold of anyone when you have questions about your credit card? With 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yeah, you heard that right. You can talk to a human on the Discover customer service team anytime. So, the next time you have a question about your credit card, call 1-800-DISCOVER to get the service you deserve. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Um, so, yeah, I think with Erica, I'm never going... The thing is, and listen, I've said this ad nauseum on many other podcasts, so I'm not reinventing my own opinions here, but I stand by my opinion that Erica has had every opportunity to say the right thing and not get herself in legal jeopardy. And at every opportunity has shown that she truly doesn't give a shit. But there's no prizes for not giving a shit. Like, I, <laughs> no. I, I just don't understand. Usually when somebody doesn't, you know, it's like they're a rebel or they're, they're, they're that's an what artist, she thinks they're so. this. But that's what she but thinks. Like that, but that's what I feel so sad is that at the end yeah. of the day, there's no there there. Nobody's looking for the Erica Jane Stadium tour and it's all going to work out. You know, like I, I just sometimes don't understand being this cold and heartless, even if it's just an act, still has ramifications in a way that I just don't think she's ever really truly understood or thought about. And that's the frustration because you can still be entertaining. I was entertained by Erica Jane this week's episode. It was very entertaining. I cannot wait to recap that episode <laughs> just because it's so much to work with. But at the same time, I can still go like, uh, but a, a horrible human. <laughs> it seems like a horrible, horrible human that you wouldn't want to be intertwined with. That's why I also get really, uh, I, I laugh a lot at her, uh, la her relationship with Diana Jenkins, the new, cast member because diana is wealthy and you could tell erica is very excited about that. like oh look you know like very excited anytime diana mentions anything money-wise erica gets a full boner around diana that's for oh, sure that's what i said you could i said you could fully see erica jane's boner in one of the scenes <laughs> because it's like anytime these panther rings come out or like i almost feel like like do not go over to diana jenkins place erica because you, you're gonna try to steal shit like i would like look at erica jane's purse every time she left diana jenkins because i know she just shoves like candlestick holders and anything she can carry in that and pawns it off on ebay afterwards <laughs> exactly. Uh, have you but have you rabbit holed on Diana Jenkins at all, Ryan? Was just going to mention that is that Diana Jenkins, you guys, as we talked a little bit about last week in Room Twenty Three, the book. I mean, there's a whole mystery with this woman that we, you know, we're six episodes into the season and that we have not scratched any sort of surface. In fact, the surface has been fought against uncovering. And I, you know, when when she made that, you know, black content creator comment last week. Oh my week, god, that was insane. It was insane. But then I was like, oh, wait, oh, my gosh, she dated Kid Rock for a long time. Like she was like, <laughs> there's all these pictures with her and Kid Rock. And I'm like, oh, dated. And then they were friends. And the show makes it seem like she recently got a divorce. She got a divorce in 2011. And I thought that was interesting as well. And then Room 23, like we've talked about on the show, the rumor was that this book was actually a book of the actual high priced call girls and their clients. And you could order women through this book, which I just think there's got to be an easier way to order women than through this expensive book. But this, the fact that the story is out there, like I need to know everything about Diana Jenkins. Why isn't there a podcast you're doing about Diana Jenkins? 
I'm scared. There's so many, like I really rabbit hold on this and this thing goes very deep into like rich and powerful and celebrity. And I don't want to say any of it on the podcast because I feel like I don't, I don't want to get sued. Um, I just am afraid of like the stuff that I was reading was, and again, you know, we might be going into like deep web conspiracy stuff, which also is like, who knows what's true, but there's a lot of sort of like connecting dots that people have done. And so like at the very best, like, I don't think this woman's kosher. I don't know like how nefarious or criminal it gets, but it scared the shit out of me. And she's a really, really, I don't know. She, she's a lot. She's a lot. And I mean, I just even a lot as I mean, but I, I don't, come at her as hard for not doing that much. Cause I'm like, she's a first season housewife. Oh yeah. You know? She's like, doing enough. And I, she's doing enough. I mean, like I got, I like the accent. I like her licking yeah. the lips all the time. Like job of the hut. I like the, I like all of the, I like the little boy toy that she's in love with. I like, you know, it's all very caricature and very um, yeah. waiting for Guffman esque of me, <laughs> very. you know, which by the way, wouldn't you love to see him tackle the housewives? Like a waiting for guff or best in show, but with the women in the housewives or the women behind the scenes trying to get back into the housewives show. Like oh, to right. me, that's ripe of like a, a waiting for Guffman parody. Um, I don't also the the show is getting a lot of flack of like huh, it fell off this season. I'm like, of course it fell off this season in terms of narrative. Like it's not the Tom Girardi getting like uh caught, you know, season. I personally am loving this season. I think that all the minutiae is so fun to watch. Oh my God. It's a great season. I'm happy. Last season was amazing, but it was just so much. I mean, wow. It was a lot and it was super heavy. Um, it's really entertaining. I think that they are a good example of a bigger cast is better. Like OC to me, had a pretty horrible season. I just think that they need to do something over there. Maybe it is just expand the cast, but Beverly Hills, Beverly Hills missed a few seasons, but overall, Beverly has been one of my favorites from day one. I mean, their first their, their first three seasons were you can't stack. Oh, I mean, historical, them. but yeah. I mean, they're they're a long running show where, like, to me, they even got into the weeds with you know, like the puppy gay and all of that. There was <laughs> I like didn't a, even a mind. Three. I didn't even I, mind puppy gay. I was a big LVP, not Stan because I don't like her, but I think she brought so much to the show. Goodbye, Kyle. All that I don't know made me laugh. Like I didn't even mind some of the bad quote unquote bad seasons. The niece. Denise seasons were great with Aaron, total psychopath. I mean, there yeah, was I mean, great. I, that's the one like, listen, I will agree with people that I don't think Denise was a great housewife, but I will always be sad that I don't get another season with Aaron, especially coming out of pandemic okay. and all, you know, wouldn't you love to hear what really was going on with the, because you know, he knows, he knows, he knows better than anybody and Faraday cages and 5g <laughs> and all. I mean, I, I want all of it. And Denise just keeps <laughs> having so like, we have the Sammy or daughter on OnlyFans storyline. Like I, I now think about their lives when I hear them as just storylines that we'll never see. I know. Yeah. I mean, I feel like there's a world where Denise can come back, but I guess, I mean, I don't know. I don't think that's totally out of the question. Sutton, to me, I love your Sutton. Your, your Beverly Hills recaps. I mean, I'm sure your listeners are listening, but I'm going to plug it. It's the funniest <laughs> thing. I listen to the, on the whole damn thing every Saturday when I go for my walk. I look forward to it. It makes me laugh so hard. And the Sutton, I mean, the Sutton is just so 
fucking funny. Well, the and, indignation and the, the yes, pride so in which she has herself is so fun. Like, it's like so fun to do because you really see your, you know, like I, you get a better understanding of Sutton more and more each week. And I even love the minutia of it in this week's episode where, you know, Sutton is learning to stand up for herself and not be scared of Erica. But then they'll they'll have these little tete-a-tetes where, you know, they're <laughs> like, you know, she's like, you like, you like long hair boys? And she's like, I'll, say, I'll, I'll do love. I do love a long haired gentleman, you know, like I just love those like little moments of, you know, we're not at war. We'll have this conversation. And I, to me, I was frustrated with last night's episode because I thought it was so good and funny that I was like, oh no, it's going to take a lot longer for me to record because ah. it's not, it's like, I'm like, when my mind starts going, I'm like, oh, there's so many funny things you can do here. And there's so many funny bits you can do. And even Lisa Renna, like with this horrible tragedy with her mom dying, but at the same time, she's like, everybody could see that I didn't want to be here. And I'm like, wait, you ran to get on that private jet, you know? And then it's like, too, like, I think there's even, there's just, to me, there's like these little funny things about life that I think you really, it gives the show legs in a way that beyond the drama, you know, like I like last night was there's just these minutia of like Kyle making like Kyle doing her SNL characters and, you know, Dorit rambling on at the dinner table where the editors did the troll uh, where she went on and on and on. I mean, I think you could throw the ball like that's when, you know, it's a good season. Like with Potomac, you could throw the ball to any of those ladies and you're not going to you're going to have something like even Diana's refusal to talk about things to me is entertaining. Totally. By the way, I'm I'm uh Mother of the year. I forced my daughter to watch it with me because <laughs> it gets her off, gets her off her phone. So she when the Dorit thing was going on, I love when they do that. She's already so astute to watching this stuff. She goes, they're just showing reaction shots every time they dissolve. It's the same speech. I was like, good call. You know, it wasn't like they're trying to make exactly. it seem like it go was to your room. I go, I'll figure this out. Go, you don't tell me what they're doing. Go to your room. Yeah. <laughs> Oh my God. It's so funny to get her peanut gallery. Uh, in, in I, I personally, what I'm hating the most out of any Bravo shows right now is just the terms of the flashbacks of treating the audience. Like we're completely stupid and we don't remember a scene that we just saw a week ago. So <laughs> or like, 10 OC minutes ago. The, it's in the same yeah, episode. Yeah, it's sometimes. like OC was really the worst of this all. See, like where I clocked, like I think 13 minutes of flashbacks in an hour episode where I'm like, guys, I remember all of these, yeah, they the have fact nothing. that you keep hammering it into our heads. And then I was like, do they think we're stupid or do they know we're stupid? Cause then I'm no, like, they don't. I, it's filler. It's filler. Cause they don't have enough content. That's what I think it is. I hope it is. But then I was like, wait a sec. I, I have known most of Bravo fans to be pretty intelligent. And then I was like, is there just a huge wave of us that I've completely ignored that are just idiots that like, I don't, I didn't know, I didn't know that scene existed until I saw it. I remember I saw it, you know, like you don't know what it is, but um, going back to Sutton, do you, uh, what is your vibe on Sutton this season and Sutton with Crystal? We thankfully didn't get too much in the weeds into that this episode, but what was your opinion about the last couple of weeks with the term dark and Sutton saying, Oh, dog, my, my family got a good name. Don't ever talk, say that about my family. <laughs> you know, like what, I, what is Crystal's deal too? I have a little insight tea on Crystal. I have on good authority, very good authority that there is no more to that story. Crystal is a liar slash manipulator. 
And Did Lisa Rinna give you this information? I bet. I'm not right. Lisa, by the way, Lisa Rinna dips you know? into a lot of a lot of people's DMs. I like I have proof, and I wish I could bust it oh out. Oh my like, god! I know she Stop. puts. A, yes, like and and somebody was way too drunk and let me know that like and showed me, and I'm like, oh my god, Lisa how really does, she... does get in the muck and the mire. Like right, but like she doesn't think people are going to post that. That's crazy, Patrick Summer. Know. <laughs> I, I well, I truly think that like Lisa has lost it sometimes. She's on Yeah, she's on Remember, like Lisa, Lisa also views this as she's smarter than production or smarter than this. So even when she's in a scene, she knows she's in a scene. So she hams it up even more so where than the other ladies because she comes from a soap opera acting background. Yeah. So if you, she'll be like, you're not going to do it this time, Denise. You're not going to do it. <laughs> you know, she, she knows to bring it down. She knows to be still. She knows to. You know, or then she knows to hype it up with a laugh or like, ah, this bot's amazing. And that's different. Like, you know, so that to me is even funny because she thinks she's performing and that (laughs) people are buying it when I just see like a performer a lot of the times, like a horror, like just a really big performer where if you were in a a film, the director would be like, bring it down. Like, let's go real. A hundred percent. Bring it down. I think you, that I said this to you on our last recording, but you and I, you are my spirit animal with Lisa Rinner, like Rinner. I feel exactly the same rage and annoyance at her that you do. Like, like a hundred percent. You're, it's like your channel. It's like when I had to go on Twitter to validate my hate for Trump, like you're doing that for me for Lisa Rinna and your pocket and your recaps. Yeah. So that was another reason why last night with the lowest stuff, I'm like, stop making me feel things, Lisa Rinna, because how could you not feel for the woman? Right. It's so. Oh, dude, that I I kind of like, I I said that last week. I think I like, I don't like that her mom passed away, but I like that we were able to see a softer side yeah. of Sears, if you will, like a softer side where you're like, cause you were like, okay, yeah, not everybody is a hundred percent evil all the time. Like, and we've yeah. got to have that basis just even as humans where we can connect on certain things. It can't be all hate all the time. And right. I even noticed that of myself as well. I'm like, okay, it's nice to have something that I, I don't have to fully rage out on, but then, you know, she, I just always think it's like funny, the stuff that we see and the funny, the stuff that actually goes on. Like I was looking at, you know, Amelia's, uh, Amelia Bedelia's moved back to New York and I was looking at pictures of her birthday party. And I'm like, gotta tell you, she's not looking healthy again. Like I was like, oh. like, and well, I mean, just in my, but that's my personal opinion. Like, I mean, no, like I, I get it. It makes me sad, you know, and it makes, cause we know uh, she's dealt with a lot of issues and stuff. And I was like, and especially to be in the public eye off of the Disick relationship. And then, you know, we, she gets attention for stupid shit, like dyeing her eyebrows. You know, and she's like trying to compete with the Julia Foxes of the world. And I'm just like, this is weird. Like, you don't have that kind of performance art background like Julia Fox (laughs) to actually pull this off. So for me, I don't know, maybe young girls are like super into this. But to me, it always just is sad. And then I wonder at a point, Rinna sees that as well. But any press is good press to Rinna, I feel. So it's I I don't know. I take it a lot further than the show in terms of just my thoughts. But the Rinna stuff is I don't know. Last week. Basically, though, last night was great because they all had drunken slur voices. Even Kyle mm. was shocked at that. And I always, Rena was shocked and stroke. Uh, <laughs> and I always wonder, like, is there something to do with, like, the amount of plastic surgery you get in your lips where when you start drinking to that capacity, everybody shakes on a little bit of this? They do, but it's Kyle's like- got that affect. It's purposeful. She's got, like, those two different voices that she does. She does, like, a normal voice. And then she does, like, the Kathy Hilton thing. Yeah. Like, Carol, hey, Carol. Okay. Let's go. And it's so annoying. And her talking heads, though, she'll go, 
like she'll do a little bit of a Scott to like, what are you guys? <laughs> she goes up here with it. She'd be like, totally. ah, Eric, oh, you're drunk. Like she goes really <laughs> kind of like scratchy high. And I, I, I want to be able to really figure her out in the next year, not in terms of her mental capacity, but wait, wait, by the way, Netflix just announced the um, buying sons or like the Mauricio show with the agency. Oh, with you know, Vera I and. Oh, <gasps> Get out. I saw that they renewed selling Sunset and then the rest of the title it's like was like buying Beverly it, Hills, I think. Holy shit. That's huge. Yeah, it's huge. Wow. We also know PK, PK then is going to yeah, have he's the doing British his, uh, But is show. that on Netflix? Or we don't know where that is. Yet. No, that I think is Sky One, but I think there will probably, I have a feeling yeah. there will be an offshoot show with Mauricio and PK because I feel like that's coming to a head. I'm At okay a certain point, I'm like, this is. No, I'm totally okay too. I just always think like, how busy do you guys want to be? Like how big, like it is wild. The, the, the watching these people's careers, once they start moving, like the Kardashians, they just move. Like, even like right now, one success begets another success. Like with you, like you started off with one project. Now you have this full slate of projects that you're working on. Thank you, Ryan. The difference is between me and all the people you've mentioned is that I have no assistants and drivers and chefs. And like, this is the thing that makes these people able to do all that shit. It's like, I am just as busy as them doing stuff, but like literally doing my own schedule. Like I'm going in and this is me whining yeah. about good things happening to me, but like, you know, I mean, you're overwhelmed. Like it, wouldn't it be nice to be able to also have the people to like, take care of your toilet that needs to be installed today, <laughs> literally <laughs> happening today. Oh dude, that's what I'm saying. Every piece of my actual life, (laughs) every piece of my actual life is in shambles. Like I don't have time to work out. I don't have time, but I I can know I can, I say yes to everything. I know I can do this show every day. And that's, you know, because I keep thinking that there, and I don't even know, because it's such a fallacy too, of like, there's not going to be somebody that comes to me next week of like, you are now the prince of podcasting. You have come to the mountaintop. Like there's no, you have these little small victories, but um, you don't realize until I got, I don't know. But anyways, I love it to death and you are doing exactly what I love. I know you just have a couple more minutes. Uh, I thought we would, uh, I wanted to pitch you on something real quick, just to get your, your expert opinion, because this is great. Like I, I was talking to iHeartRadio, uh, my division, and they are not looking for this, but I was like, I'm so fascinated in this. What would you classify this? And I think the, the pitfall potentially before I, I'll, I'll say it and then you can tell me what I already know the pitfall. Betches.